Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off choices and the prom. I want to take a moment to thank those of you who rated or reviewed us on iTunes. Yay! Uh, Leaving reviews really helps other people to find us. Mm -hmm. And besides, you know, we just really like getting Mm -hmm. everyone's feedback and hearing from people that, you know, like and listen to the show. That's fun. Yeah, I'm sure anybody who listens to a lot of podcasts knows... Uh, it can be weird to do a podcast because a lot of times it can feel like you're just talking into a void and you don't know because you don't get the live response. We would talk about Buffy either way. And yeah. we do. We yeah. have to when we see each other outside the podcast, like, stop. Don't talk about it yeah. here. Save it's like, it. Oh, just wait until you hear what I have to say about Oz this week. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you put in the work and it's mm-hmm. nice to hear that people enjoy it and mm-hmm. are listening out there and. When we refer to listeners, it's not really our imaginary friends, yeah. but it's you I guys. Mean, outside of the podcast, that's true for me. Sure. I just do that on the street, you know, at the bus stop. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It's it's humbling and motivating. Uh, so we want to give a special thank you to Ballerina Becky and EMJWI for their kind reviews. I do like the title of one is Revamped. Get it? Mm, uh, wordplay? I get it. I like wordplay. <laughs> uh, so if other listeners have a moment to rate us on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Now let's head into the Sunnydale Stacks and open the books on Choices. You think multiple choice? Um, I think it's talking about the different brands of healthy choice cookies. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather just go Chewy Chips Ahoy. Specifically Chewy. Yeah. I, d- I don't understand the concept of crunchy cookies. Did you ever do the uh, the microwave trick? No. With regular Chips Ahoy? This might not be true now. And it was probably just because of how many chemicals are in there. But uh, there's like... And I forget what the sweet zone was. But... Uh, get it, Wait, sweet zone. I was gonna say it's all the sweet zone. There's a lot of uh, sugar in there. But I think this was might have been before Chewy Chip Sohoy were readily available, and all like the bizarre variants they have now: birthday crunch, Reese's cup, Ahoy. Uh, with the regular chips Ahoy, if you put them in the microwave for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. they could warm up and they get soft. But if you did it too long, they would instantly get harder than they've ever been before. <laughs> you like burn them. Yeah. It would just like, it, it would be like, oh, they're blossoming and they die. <laughs> like it's, it was, it was like magic in that way where it felt I like gotcha. I'm dealing with forces beyond my control to try to make this Chips Ahoy more appetizing, but I could go too far. This is why I don't like fresh Oreos. I only like uh, stale Oreos because they get chewy. Yes, I, yeah. I, I mean, I can still, I'll deal with any Oreo. I mean, believe you, man. <laughs> but like, I do like that in in an Oreo. I also like that in a Cheeto, like a like a Cheeto puff. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Like I, I like it a little um, uh, aged. <laughs> I, I think that it would match wine well. Mm-hmm. 
So you have your aged Cheeto Puffs with your aged wine <laughs> or your aged whiskey. And I think that's your drink of choice. Scotch? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy a, a Scotch whiskey. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm too mercurial to just have one favorite drink. Sure. Fine. So Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> Buffy's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> the mayor has a surprise present for a fave. Yeah. Uh, but really, it's a bribe. Aww. for running an airport but it's her knife it's this iconic yeah. knife that i've been waiting to see and every time <laughs> this season somebody has picked up a knife and been like oh, oh, oh. you call that a knife <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> especially when buffy has her little you know letter opener that she takes out earlier in the season the little leper, letter opener yeah yeah I, and i do like how basically another one of her bribes is to get some cookies yeah, but here's the other thing, though. For Mr. Germaphobe, have mm-hmm. you noticed she takes a bite of a cookie, mm-hmm. puts it back on the plate, yeah. and then he, he saran wraps it. That's how much like affection he has for her. That he's like, you know what? You're my girl. I don't even care that you took a bite out of that cookie. Oh, it, was distract- it was distracting to me because also I'm waiting for the mayor to be like, what the hell? Is it possible that he breakdown? wasn't looking at the moment she put it back? I, I mean, maybe. I think we're going to have to review the tape. Okay. <laughs> Zoom in. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> um, why did she smell her knife? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like I do that with a lot of things that I get. A knife? It could have like that new, new, knife, <laughs> new, my, knife, new knife smell. smell. The new knife smell. Sure. I mean, I just got new curtains. I didn't open them up and smell them. Okay, now that's weird. <laughs> they fabric were... you always smell <laughs> they're curtains yeah but you don't know you don't want to, like what if somebody peed on them in transit now I'm, I'm really confused does that happen do i need to worry about my packages now I, I don't know it could that's why you always smell okay lesson learned yeah i guess with the knife, more like, you know the pee smell you could easily wipe that off unless it was like cat pee then that might just ingrain itself in oh that's the worst <laughs> <laughs> when we first moved in we had a Halloween costume in the corner, um, and it was it was a the Batman chest plate. Oh yeah, upside down, and Bogey peed oh. in one of the pectoral muscles. <laughs> and usually, I can't handle the litter box or Chris yeah. takes care of it. In this case, Chris was like, "I gotta go. You gotta do it." I'm like, "Oh no, I can't do that." It's Batman. I can't. I can't clean cat piss oh, off of Batman. It's the worst thing ever. But like, just this perfect little pool in one. Uh pectoral muscle <laughs> uh, he's ripped <laughs> buffy and angel are fighting vamps in the cemetery buffy wants to go on dates mm-hmm. not just patrols i do like how of course is a play and how mm. normal people fight you never take me any place new yeah they're stuck in a rut although like, i do like the scene of, like a lot of like the kind of playfulness of like oh we're stuck in a rut but for some reason when it's sorry honey that line that felt forced it didn't it so weird it feels like even if you know the state of the relationship had been a little bit more solid throughout the season and they had been like very well established as being like a together couple for the whole season or whatever it doesn't seem like they'd ever be the couple that would at least at this point be like hey honey i, do, I just think she's never done it before no yeah and, and that's it's weird that's yeah 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 it, but now that, of all times it feels like honey is something you have to establish yeah. Like characters calling each other honey. Yeah. Because that comes off as weird. Like it's be like if somebody in your life just all of a sudden started calling you honey that never did before. Like, I mean, I love it. I love pet names. Okay. So like I would probably. Like spot. Fluffy. Great. Yeah. Nah, Fluffy's weird. Spot <laughs> would be fine. Sport. 
It's like the, the thing that like old guys call younger mm-hmm. guys oh, sport. I, I had a friend who I uh, would almost, as a matter of fact, uh, call sport. Um, it was just like something that had started one day in college. And then we were doing an improv thing together. And one of our other friends was coaching. And he said, okay, just like start a conversation like you normally would. And I was like, hey, sport. It's like, oh, stop, stop, stop. You're being, you're bullshitting uh, already. No. <laughs> it's like, no, that was like the least bullshitting. What's well, like, I'd still want to, I, I want to try this one night, like go to, like if I'm ever in a situation where I'm going to a bunch of bars, which is not typically common for me, but I do want to try this one night and see the reactions I get when I just go to a bar and say, Hey, could I have a beer? Cause you always see that in movies. Somebody just orders a beer instead of like a type of beer. Yeah. And it's like, even at like dive shitholes, they usually have at least two beers. Like, sure. Give even if it's bud, just like give me yeah. A Miller, yeah. Even if it's just like Bud and Bud Light or like sure. old style and whatever we found in the shoe. Like <laughs> there's almost never a situation where you can go to a bar and just order a beer. The next day, Joyce discovers that Buffy's been accepted to Northwestern University. Ooh, fancy. I remember when I first watched that getting a little excited. Like, that's by us. I know that. I've been there. So it's a little unrealistic, I think, that with bad grades, no extracurriculars, and I'm guessing not a lot of glowing personal recommendations outside Mm. of Giles, she's not going to get into these these schools on test scores alone. Yeah, well, we never learned what program she applied for at Northwestern. Maybe there's something where, like, either her grades or, I don't know, maybe she's... There's a uh, Slayer program they had back in the 90s at Northwestern. I don't know. There were definitely people like in the top 10% of my high school class with like straight Mm -hmm. A's and excellent test scores that were still like struggling to get into Northwestern. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know enough about college admissions to know because like my my only thing is like, yeah, for most things, I, I don't imagine somebody with her school record, like especially since she's been like expelled from schools. Right. Um would get anything unless it was like a very specific program which we never find out what school True. It is. Yeah. I mean I do think that like they, you know, without with terrible test scores, mm-hmm. she's SOL. Yeah. With these test scores, she I think she has every possibility of getting into a much better school yeah. than she would have had without them mm-hmm. like yeah. but the best of the best. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know maybe it was like that particular year in the universe, uh, uh, Northwestern was having a lot of trouble getting students or like students for a specific school. Mm. And then she applied and she had good test scores and like, okay, you can come in this year. I do like that they also bring up Buffy's father, which at this point on, because he never really, really appears again, like he doesn't yeah. have an episode. He just basically appears and like, well, we have to mention that Buffy still has a dad. And that it always feels weird from like, like season three on because he's not a character really anymore he's just an off-screen presence yeah i just kind of feel like i wish they had just been like she doesn't have a dad yeah just from the get-go yeah i i would i wish they had done more with it not saying like he had to be a recurring character every other episode or something but like i think it would have been interesting to see like that relationship because most of the time if it's a single parent thing it's tends to be an orphan or not mm. an orphan a widow and like um uh and i understand why that is because it's a much simpler storytelling thing because then you're not wondering oh what happened to the other parent what why don't they have something to say about this buffy running away thing right um but i think that it, there's a lot more interesting storytelling opportunities that that could afford 
Um, but I feel like they probably were just like, oh, we like the characters we have. We don't need to get this this guy involved because yeah, it did. Been. It would also I feel like because we were more so than any generation before us. So mm-hmm. many of our and I think we talked about this in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, so many of us came from divorced families mm-hmm. that like having that it would have presented way more opportunities to like mm-hmm. this is what your you know your audience is going through yeah so buffy's not outwardly excited about getting accepted to northwestern mm-hmm. why because she knows that she can't really go away to school yeah. with faith all evil somebody or rather some slayer Ooh. has to keep an eye on that pesky hellmouth She'll still be attending UC Sunnydale. Willow got into Oxford, which makes total sense. Because that's where they make Giles. That's where they make Giles. And you can eat scones. (laughs) I like that. I I think it's really cute. Um, Their whole conversation. I just, I really like how they're able to pull off like kind of Buffy's arc of uh, the kind of the B story arc of her college decision throughout mm-hmm. the whole season because adding faith, it, it, there was such a clever idea, not just to have the fun thing of like two slayers and like slayer versus slayer, that kind of stuff, but just to give her the options of going to college. Right. Cause that makes it more relatable than not a lot of people are like, well, I'm destined to do this thing after high school. So I'm going to have to do that. Right. And we have to be able to experience these things through our main character Mm -hmm. and this is what everyone goes through their senior year so if your Mm -hmm. main character is missing out on that that's weird you can't connect to her yeah yeah and i mean i guess they they, the other way they could have gone is maybe focus more on the other characters going through that and then like have it be more about like buffy being kind of bummed out about not being able to that would i mean they kind of have xander for that Mm -hmm. i did have friends in college that um couldn't go away that wanted to go away to for college and couldn't for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> it was a, a tense dynamic between mm-hmm. us of like, I'm, I sh- don't need to apologize for going away, but I f- also like, I'm sensitive yeah. to the fact that you're bummed out. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weird thing of, of yeah. Cause it, it is funny how high school is kind of the, the last place where everyone's kind of on equal footing to a degree because mm-hmm. you're all in high school. You know, some people might be taking advanced classes or might be more popular or anything, but like you're exposed to like almost every stratum of person, maybe like not the super rich or like the people who have flamed out before high school, but you're exposed to everything that isn't in those extremes. Mm-hmm. So it it is kind of interesting that, yeah, once you, graduate high school and like some people start going off to college some people go to the army some people go here and here and here and that's when everyone kind of spreads out where high school's the last place that you could be friends with somebody who had nothing in common with you except for like you were geographically close and then you kind of find out after high school like oh we have nothing in common yeah and even but like you know as opposed to college and high school like for the most part, you take 99% of the same classes mm-hmm. for the most yeah. part. I mean, you start getting like, you know, mm-hmm. I get to choose my English class mm-hmm. or I'm in an AP thing. But yeah. even that, like, we're all going through the exact same thing. That's why I feel like as an a, adult now, like a person outside of high school and even while outside of college now, I, I almost if I like meet somebody who seems cool, who isn't in the same field as me, I'm almost like aggressive, like, oh, let's be friends. Yeah. Because it's harder to get somebody who's not in your same kind of realm. Right. And I mean, frankly, I mean, it might get a little dull if you're, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. get super interested in like, what's that like? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can hear different stories. 
So I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh, getting drunk at a cast party. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Xander is embracing his poor academic achievement oh, and planning a cross-country road trip, Kerouac style. I just, I went through, and this was, I, I, I got to compliment myself here, the briefest of the Kerouac phase, which I think every young man goes through at some point. Yeah. Not necessarily Kerouac, but somebody. Is, I think this is a strictly male thing. Yeah, because it, I know a lot of guys mm-hmm. that had a Kerouac phase and like, it wasn't until all yeah. my guy friends were way past that that I, like, heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. And I think and it can be a different phase or sometimes they bleed into each other where it's like a Bukowski phase or a Hunter S. Thompson phase. Sure. Where it's like somebody who's like uh, seems like a real outsider and it's all about, like, going out there and just doing stuff, even if you don't have a plan or you don't care about whether you live or die. Right. Um, where it's just like. That's really appealing to a certain segment of like the male psyche, but most of us think better of it after a while. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like that's super appropriate that Xander would be into that as much as he is and like make that his thing to do right after he graduated high school. And then I think it's great that they have kind of the full spectrum here. Um, and like, I like how this is kind of played for a joke because it's, you know, this like stereotypical phase. But at the same time, nowadays, I really admire people that kind of did this stuff yeah. after high school and didn't mm-hmm. necessarily go just like straight into college. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely the person that like I, you know, high school for me was all about mm-hmm. getting to college. Mm-hmm. I got into college. I went straight into working. Yeah. And that's where I've been for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so, it's you know, the idea that, you know, when I meet people that have had this experience, like, mm-hmm. I you know, I know people that... um I knew a girl that spent a year in Antarctica mm-hmm. and like people that went off to teach English in South Korea or yeah. people that went off and now they're running a surf shop in the Philippines. I'm like, oh, you just seem happier. Yeah. But you didn't necessarily follow this cookie cutter mm-hmm. plan. Yeah. Yeah. Although that sometimes I think like that's because that, that's the kind of person that can do that and that works for them. Like, sure. You, you yeah. Might, that might be the kind of thing where you kind of you know you're the kind of person that that could work for. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if I had, after high school, went uh, hitchhiking across southern Illinois, I would have, you know... Been dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hitchhiking is not as dangerous as people will lead you to believe. Like, statistically, it was not a very big threat. Like, it actually, economically, has done a lot more hardship than not having hitchhiking. Interesting. Yeah. I like I nowadays every once in a while I will see a hitchhiker and I'm just like it's oh that's still a thing. Not I guess, but it's like become such a like a uh, a taboo. Yeah. Where like cuz and especially now that people don't do it, you automatically think like well if somebody's doing it they must be a psycho. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's sad. I I kind of wish I'd grown up in a time where you could hitchhike because it's like a smaller version of doing the Kerouac thing. Sure. You don't necessarily have to go all across the country. But if it's like, hey, I want to get to New York for the weekend, I'm I'm going to hitchhike. Yeah. I wanted to backpack around Europe mm-hmm. right after college because I knew like I was graduating college. I knew that I was about to enter a world where I was going to work for Peanuts mm-hmm. and like struggle. The comic strip? That's great. Yeah. No, I, I love that one. Um, and just like struggle to make ends meet. So like, I feel like this is the last time where I'm going to be able to do something this mm-hmm. impulsive and crazy. Yeah. Um, but everyone else I knew was getting a postgraduate degree. Mm. And I was the only one that was going straight into working. So they're like, oh no, we've got to move, you know, into college and get ready for grad yeah. school or med school or law school. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll just work. <laughs> 
And then they, after their postgraduate degrees, they all went and had like crazy vacations back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, oh, that's when you did it. Damn oh. it. <laughs> I'm at work. <laughs> I should have gotten a doctorate something or other. So Cordy releases more venom than usual, putting down all of the Scooby's futures mm-hmm. while, of course, revealing nothing about her own. Oh, and I think we'll learn this this episode why she might be dressing more like a mom this season. Fair. Yeah. No. So this gets under Buffy's skin and she goes to Wes with her need to leave Sunnydale. <laughs> Wes forbids it. I'm like, child's direction. Oh, yes, that should settle it. Yep. <laughs> like, mm, yeah, you just try to tell her what to do. Uh, I just I just love Giles. Don't give a fuck about attitude. Towards <laughs> senior the end of the idol. Senior idol is Giles. Yeah. Well, it's just like, and he has got the pressure of like, I don't have to be the British guy here anymore. Yeah, right. I, I, I can kind of let it flow. I'm not wearing my three pieces anymore. You just see the suspenders. It's almost the opposite of like. Giles, or excuse me, Wesley stole his identity as the super British stuffy guy. Mm-hmm. So Giles was like, well, what else do I have? Yeah. I have the semi-rebellious like British. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm, well, yeah, I wonder how much of it is, is him just being like, well, I'm not an official watcher anymore. I don't have to be a stuffy. If it's like, you know, I'm not on the clock here. Right. Uh, so Buffy works out that if she catches and subdues Faith, the gang should be able to keep the evil forces at bay mm-hmm. in between school breaks. Step one, of course, is then finding out what Faith and the mayor are actually up to. Mm-hmm. At the airport, creepy box delivery guy Ooh. is upset that the mayor doesn't greet him personally. Ugh, asshole. So naturally, Faith kills him and cuts off his wrist to forgo for, I just to love that she has her long bow. Like her composite bow. It's so nice Yeah, for her. Um, and we'll see murders. that again in graduation day. Move foreshadowing. While Faith delivers the box to the mayor, Buffy questions slash threatens the driver. That is pr- a pretty awesome move. And then, but also Faith has a really awesome uh, part where after the vampire, who is kind of a, a wuss, let's be honest. Yeah. It's like, oh, you killed a guy. Yeah. Which is like, you're a vampire. You do that like a, on a nightly basis. Um, but after he says that, I like I love Faith's response. What are you, the narrator? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's super funny and badass. <laughs> uh so the driver tells Buffy that it's the box of Gavrock. Mm-hmm. Scoobs form a plan. Wesley keeps trying to contribute, but the gang is always one step ahead of Ooh. There's just no point in watch her anymore. <laughs> Poor useless Wesley. <laughs> On his way to buy magical ingredients, Xander runs into Cordy in a dress shop, a very momish dress uh, shop. His theory is that Cordy is lashing out because her glowing personality excluded her from her top choice schools. But actually, she got into some really great schools. Yeah. So, yeah, burn on a, you, Xander. She's like secret smart. Yeah. Like, she m- might ask really dumb questions in class, but like when she yeah, she says, like, reading, I test well. Yeah. 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 And I believe that, but like she's got extracurricular, mm-hmm. she's in cheerleading, yeah. she did the talent show mm-hmm. poorly, yeah. um, and she's established that like she probably isn't a straight A student if mm-hmm. she's not really understanding the homework or whatever. Yeah. But if she gets good grades on the tests and then she gets good grades on standardized tests, mm-hmm. yeah. like not Buffy amazing test scores, but mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah she's like doing really pretty strong. good. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure she she'd do fine. Buffy, Willow, and Angel show up at Town Hall while Oz and Xander prepare a spell back at the library. 
I do love how in this whole sequence where they're cutting back and forth and everything that you see like Oz and Xander are like kind of cool again. Yeah, they kind of made nice. up. Yeah. There's like an acknowledgement of like that's his willow, but mm-hmm. Xander appreciates like she's a great girl. Yeah, yeah you're right. I like that. It's really sweet. After Willow breaks down any mystical protections, Buffy attempts a Mission Impossible style rescue of the box. Oh, it was the late 90s. <laughs> it definitely was. <laughs> wires were a fun thing we tried to play with. We were real into wires, like late <laughs> 90s or the 2000s. Yeah. Like the, the, the Matrix just like kind of ruined it for everybody. Where yeah. It's like, oh, we all have to use this now. Crash and Tire, Hidden Dragon, go mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. It's like, like no, not, that's... It's only fun if if some people use it. If everyone uses it, it's like slang. Yeah. Now now nobody can say on fleek anymore. <laughs> you say on fleek? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. That's what I'm saying. Nobody can use it anymore. I I I Oh, no one can say on fleek. I thought you said yeah. no one can stay on fleek. And I was like, "No I one can stay on fleek anymore, ladies and gentlemen." <laughs> I am super cool and hip. <laughs> Like I, that's not a word I think it often makes its way into your vernacular, Mike. I only use it in the uh, sense of uh, spitting water through your teeth, which I think is the alternate meaning of fleek. Nice. To fleek. <laughs> so things go bad. There's a big fight. Angel and Buffy escape with the box, but not with Willow. Oh, that's a bummer. I do also wish, um, uh, another bummer, that they had used the wire for more like fighting. Because, like, you yeah. have your main character on a wire. Use that for more of the fight scene. Yeah. Awesome. And instead, it's just like, oh, now I'm going to get down. Yeah. She, like, does one flip and gets off. Yeah. Which I guess is probably more realistic. The mayor's line delivery with the, they've got my box. Ooh, Ooh. that's scary. Like, you never see him so pissed. And yeah. this line, like, he is just seething with rage. It is kind of cool to see him angry because it's it's that delayed gratification. If he had just been, like, this angry guy from the beginning, it wouldn't mean anything. Yeah. But now, like, this guy who's always, like, laughing off everything and, like, his lieutenants get killed and he doesn't care. And now, like, this is making him angry. It's like, oh, this yeah. is getting serious. Buffy immediately offers to trade the box for Will. Wes is the only one willing to sacrifice Willow to stop the ascension. Mm-hmm. Which, when you stop and think about it, I don't really know if I can ever look at this character the same way again yeah. after this. Kind of fuck you. I mean, but I, I can understand it because he doesn't have an emotional connection to her. Although that's ironic because he has the biggest emotional connection to her outside of the show. Um, that is funny. Those two actors yeah. get married. No, um, I, I know. I, for the listener, fine. maybe they just picked up this episode. This is the first one they're listening to. I'm sorry, to somebody's grandmother for some reason. <laughs> um but, Eat something, you look famished. But on a in a very brutal moralistic, like there is a point he's making about if we destroy this box, he can't become a demon and kill thousands of people. Mm. Sure, yeah, I get it. But like when you're surrounded by her friends, read the room, buddy. Well, yeah, it's not nice, but they don't like him anyway. He's not going to lose points with them, really. Fair. He doesn't have any points to lose. Oz ends the argument, God bless this man, <laughs> by destroying the magic cauldron thing. Yet another yeah. example of, like, such a calm dude. And when he lashes out, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. That's his girlfriend. Who else would will help him dye his hair every two weeks? Yeah, no, he can't get the back. Yeah, You can't see it. you got to hold the have, mirror. You like, a weird patch of purple you when you're the mirror, Mr. Red. You stand with your back mm. to the mirror, but mm. then you need a free hand for the dying. Angel can't help him because he doesn't have any mirrors, we find out. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Why would you? Meanwhile, in some storage room in Town Hall, Willow mm. is being kept prisoner. 
I love her line about sucking isn't a good word to use around vampires. Probably not. <laughs> when one of her vamp captors gets too close for comfort, she floats the pencil and stakes him. <laughs> Secret world of Alex Matkill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, the vamp left the door open behind him. Yeah. So Will can just walk out. Mm-hmm. When he raised in a barn. Uh, possibly. We don't know. How. Maybe he was. Like, That's he was maybe. Raised in, like, yeah. I don't mean to be barn cyst. Oh, boy. Barn. Oh, keep going. Okay. <laughs> um. And keep going. <laughs> I'm I'm still trying to think of the word that I was thinking of. And I'm that still stuck on That common term for being a discriminatory against people who, who live in barns. Yeah. Yeah. Barn discriminatory? Sure. <laughs> the mayor compares Buffy to a dog. Uh, it's supposed to be an insult. I think a dog's sense of friendship is stronger than reason, stronger mm. than its own sense of sense of self-preservation. Mm. Yep, that's why dogs are awesome and better than people, and why I love them. Again, not an insult. Well, to him, it is. I get it, but really, I'm just thinking. Yes, puppies are great. <laughs> I would like one. Thank you. <laughs> He's not offering any. Now the mayor's a cat. He's a cat. He's a cat. Oh, this is a spoiler. <laughs> no, I'm just... No. Spoiler. He's a snake. Mary's a cat. <laughs> no, because, like, like cats are like, they're not. Like, it's, it's just like, yeah, I can be your friend, mm-hmm. Faith. I could be your friend, but, like, it, it, when you cross me, I'm still going to bite you. I, I don't care about you that much. So I will the, still bite that's the heart of this season's conflict. The mayor is more of a cat person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he was more of a dog person, he'd be like, hey, Buffy, let's fork this out. Let's be yeah. friends. Let me just, let's just hang out. Yeah. Oh, who's the good Buffy? <laughs> Willow makes her way to the mayor's office where she finds the books of Ascension and enters study mode. Such a nerd. <laughs> it's a good thing. She's discovered by Faith. Uh, she assumes the Scoobies still want to save her, but it's way too late for that. Oh, I do. I do love, and there's only a couple of these, but when like Willow can tell somebody off, it is the best. The, the whole the kind of speech and lines she has after yeah. that. It's, it's really cool. Cause it really feels like, Oh, you really deserve this. Cause she doesn't just like insult people willy nilly. Yeah, no, totally. And then like when faith is like her, hits her and she's just like, Oh, and here I thought you just didn't have a comeback. it's just like i'm always gonna be smarter than you faith like and i have more friends so what do you have a knife cool (laughs) it's a pretty cool knife (laughs) now we'll talk about the knife the scoobies plan on meeting the mayor in the cafeteria which considering they were all almost poisoned here last week not my first choice (laughs) yeah i'd be like i don't like like, all those snakes in there that one time yeah i don't i don't like this place (laughs) the mayor's got some digs in first uh, he clearly thinks Faith was the better match for Angel, prettier, more of a future. I think perhaps, though, his most um, uh, biting comment is unintentional when he's talking about how it's this clandestine thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should all be wearing trench coats. You can kind of see Angel squirming. He's like, I kind of always wear like long black coats. <laughs> Am I like, this isn't cool? It's like when you're... <laughs> When, like, your dad or, like, your friend's dad says, like, oh, that's cool. And you're like, oh, that's not cool now. Gross. he said it was cool. It makes me think of, like, when girls are like, oh, I didn't know people were still wearing that. Oh, mm. that is, that is corny level. Mm-hmm. Passive aggressive. The mayor knows what it's like to be in a relationship when you're immortal and your girlfriend mm-hmm. isn't. Didn't work out so well with him and his wife. Mm. The mayor accuses Angel of being selfish 
keeping Buffy from a happy life. The trade-off goes smoothly until Snyder barges in. I do love how now that earlier part in the episode where there's just a random 10-second scene of him shaking down a random extra for drugs. Yep, right. It kind of comes into play because it seems like, oh, they're setting up something for... Oh, okay. I guess they're not setting up anything. Oh, there's the payoff. Yep. Snyder's just on the warpath this week. Mm-hmm. One of the cop lackeys opens the box of Gravlock. Oh, he's so dumb. He's a dumb dumb. <laughs> he's a dumb dumb. We've learned that Sunnydale cops, not the best. Oh, I think he's a guard. He's listed Even as a worse. security guard. Yeah. Even worse. If you're employed by the school, janitors, security guards, you don't do shit. Oh, that uh, leads me to a fun fact. This is the eighth member of the Sunnydale high school staff to die in the series. <laughs> in three years, eight people. Yeesh. Rough. So Gross Black's spider thing pops out of the box and attacks. The Scoobs smash it and mm-hmm. the mayor skedaddles. Mm-hmm. Faith is forced to leave her cool new knife behind. It's so awkward. She's had it for like two se- scenes. She's an old-fashioned knife grab. I remember her having this like forever and ever and ever. And I'm like, this is it. This is like two scenes. It is funny, especially I feel like in longer running shows, you always imagine that things took longer than they did and that characters were around for longer. And like, oh, this must happen over half the season. It's like, oh, this is an episode and a half. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird how your mind can play tricks on you like that. Um, but while we're here, I do have to say, this may be the most controversial thing I've said on the show. Uh-oh. I do not like Faith's Knife. Well, now, why? I feel like it looks like a knife you get at a Hot Topic or like, oh. I don't know. It just feels like one of those like mass produced, like marketed to teenagers to be cool, but isn't an actual knife knives. Oh, see this to me, this struck me as like um, ritualistic. See, it's too shiny. I mean, okay. I feel like if you're in like a death cult, you're, you, you don't have as much chrome. I th- I think she's going to have plenty of time. To, if she would have had plenty of time to like stain it with the blood of her enemies. I don't know. I guess it just brings me to like a, an aesthetic preference I have as far as okay. like mystical objects. I like them to look old and a little bit more mm-hmm. otherworldly. And when it's like, I guess they could technically have been just a knife that the mayor got on eBay or whatnot. But I I would rather it be like something that's like an ancient magical knife or even like Fair, a, yeah. you know, forged by demons or something, even if it's not necessarily ancient. Something that's a little bit more otherworldly. Yeah. And this feels like something that you could go to like a fancy knife shop at the mall and buy. I guess I'm just appreciative of the fact that like it's not a butterfly knife. It's not just a generic knife. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it. this is... I mean, it is distinct so mm-hmm. that when we see it later, I know what knife that is. Yes, yeah, that is that is that is definitely a good choice. It's not just a letter opener. Yeah. <laughs> In the postmortem that follows, Giles wants to know what Willow was able to remember from the Book of Ascension. She ripped out the important pages. That sly little vixen. Oh, she's so suave. Wesley is a dickhead downer. Yep, always, always. I hate him. Oh, so we're back at square one. Like, fuck you. We got pages. We got yeah, pages. we got pages. We got Willow. Yeah. Oz is going to kill you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If we hadn't brought Willow there, then we wouldn't have been able to get the box uh, for any amount of time. We'd never gotten those pages. It would all ended up the same. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea is hammered home to Buffy. She can't leave Sunnydale. Mm. She has no choice but to attend UC Sunnydale. Luckily, Willow will be there to keep her company. Oh, best friend! She's made her choice. Uh, what does she want to do with her life? 
fight evil and help people. Oh, that's so sweet. I love it. Although you could also like maybe Willow was like a little stressed out on the side too, and she's like, it's gonna be so much easier getting through, you know, four years of college here. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Although I think it really is a really sweet gesture that she's like, No, I'm gonna stay here and like help you and like this will be like what I do from now on. Yeah. Because I could have gone off to literally any college. But she rubs like, it. I like how she rubs that in first too. Like, yeah. I mean, I could go anywhere. The world's open. I'm like, great. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> no, nope, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and then uh, for anybody listening to this who watched the uh, show when it first aired uh, or just is of a certain age, uh, prepared to feel old because she talks about being part of the matriculating class of 2003. Yay. Yay. Does that mean that she's... She graduates in 2003? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Class of 2003. Mm -hmm. Yep. So have fun with that. Also, people are old enough to drive who were born in a different century than you. Oof. That's a thing. Yep. That's a, I really hate when I bring up pop culture references and people are like, oh, I wasn't born yet. Like, I hate yeah. you. Stop that. Okay. And that is not an excuse. I make pop culture references yeah. from long before I was born. Hello. Star Wars was yeah. like in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wizard of Oz. Come on. Yeah. That yeah. was before anybody listening. It was born. I'm assuming. And if, if that, that's not true, then please email us because we want to hear about like our cool 70 year old listeners. That's awesome. <laughs> I want to talk to you and be best friends. I find it interesting that uh, one girl who has zero choices mm -hmm. and one with all the choices in the world available to her and they still end up in the same spot. Aww. That's just kind of interesting. Yeah. On a weird segue, Cordy's mm -hmm. working at that dress shop. Yeah. Which is this like these things are out of order. Yeah, this is just a, like would wouldn't this this doesn't belong here. No, like that that this scene should have been before the Buffy because like, you know, Buffy's the main character. Yeah. Of the whole series. I don't really Her name is the title. Oh no. Poor Cordy has to work. I could give a shit. Yeah. Like <laughs> they I, I don't know, like I do like it as far as a thing that developed Cordy's character, but it feels sure. like the handling of this reveal and this whole plot thread they give it such weight of like oh no she's not super rich anymore yeah what will become of her like the idea that like you can't like after and we learned this in the next episode the idea that after you graduate high school you can't stay home you have to go mm -hmm. somewhere and your parents can't pay your tuition mm -hmm. and you're not gonna get financial aid because pre you know probably i would assume like because of like last year's mm -hmm. tax forms they don't yeah. they make too much like that's a huge deal when she says mm -hmm. like i can't stay home but i can't go to college yeah. that's scary yeah. but the idea of like oh no she had to get a part-time job after school it's yeah. like i had three yeah like that's a super <laughs> common thing and it's not I mean, it is a plot development, but it shouldn't be like the big crazy ending of the yeah. episode plot point. So that's that's weird. Yeah. That's weird to me. Um, and frankly, I think I'll bring this up in the next episode. She is a bad employee. Oh, yeah. No, she's, she's terrible. Not she doesn't do shit. No. She seems to only look at dresses for herself. Right. And then take uh, inordinately long breaks to do so. And like to talk to customers that aren't actually going to buy things. Because mm -hmm. Xander's not going to buy shit. No, there. and it's a it's a man in a woman's clothing store. That's yeah. just not going to happen. Uh, at a cemetery picnic, Angel and Buffy try to convince themselves into ignoring the mayor's advice. Oh, that's so sad. But it is it is true. Like it's um, actually, and to get faux political, not really. Um, the the mayor in that scene is very much like a, a Donald Trump. 
mm-hmm. which um, is uh, what a lot of people consider an empathetic bully, which is somebody who says mean things, but is also in a way empathetic because they can actually like read you and understand what is the meanest thing to say to you. And, oh. what, and like, it'll, it's usually because it's based on the truth. Like, gotcha. and he says that to be like an asshole, but it's true. Yeah. Like I know how to press your buttons and how mm-hmm. to really get under your skin. Yeah. I think that's just called Mean Girls from school. Oh. Jep. Huh? Because that's like the one he was like the meanest to in the debates was Jeb Bush. Oh, Jeb. But you you have to pronounce it Jeb according to his signs. Oh, yes. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anything else you want to say about choices? Um, On a non-political bent, it's a pretty solid episode. Yeah. 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 I'd like... There's like little nitpicks here and there, but it moves along. It's got some fun action in it. Yeah. Moves the plot forward in a way that does not feel too forced at all. No, really in cool. fact, it's, it's, it's crazy to parts. think that like, wow, so much happens in this that mm-hmm. like, again, you know, you when you look back, you think of like this stuff is being spread out and mm-hmm. like, oh, no, it's Buffy, Mayor, Showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it also helps the themes of the episode uh, kind of reinforce the idea of a lot of things happening. Because when you are close to graduating high school, it feels like everyone's going in a million different directions. A million things are happening. Yeah. And you have all these choices. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that this episode would have a lot of things going on. Sure. Like we said, Buffy going through stuff that um, audience members at this age would be going through is super important to mm-hmm. the series. Um Making the college, the choice of whether or not to go to college, and if mm-hmm. you are, then which college to go to, is obviously the biggest and the most iconic. But there's, uh-huh. I mean, this was really the age where you become an adult in the sense that the choices are up to you. Mm-hmm. That there's no longer someone holding your hand, being like, "This is yeah. what you do." And like, I'll be honest, there are so many times nowadays where I'm like, "Oh my god, someone just tell me what to do." Yeah, I just, I just want to be able to like, what what period do I go to? And I'll study this and pass the test. Yeah, like what's 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 going to have the best outcome for me? You tell mm-hmm. me, that is the thing that I'll do. Yeah, my brain hurts. I don't know. <laughs> um, so what I'm saying is, high school juniors, enjoy it. Yep. Choices kind of suck sometimes. It's time to put choices back on the shelf and open the books on the prom. Angel is super creepily watching this. Okay, sleep. thank you. Super creepy. That he's like a creepy way to start. It's not like so. he's like laying down next to her, and like if he were laying down next to her and like slowly opens his eyes, and he's it's just like, like noticing she's there, but he's real close to her face, watching her, looking super over like, intently. Mm, so, I'm gonna bite your neck. Like it is so creepy. It's very and silky like, serial killer. Maybe if it had been. In the midst of the episode, had some buildup, but like this is your cold open. Yeah, it's so Imagine if this weird. is your first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and you're just like, "Who is this uh, creeper?" Yeah, he's just, oh my god. Oh, he's like a good guy, but he's a vampire. I don't think he's a good guy. I think they're trying to set up that he is a, a monster because the way he's yeah. looking at her while Clearly. she sleeps. Run, you bitch! Like <laughs> get away. Yeah, like monsters do. Uh, uh, so Buffy has bedhead on the wrong side of her head. But like TV bedhead, TV it's like bedhead, three hairs on are the kind side of yeah. That is not laying on the pillow, and like yeah. if even if she had been sleeping on that side and has recently rolled over, then she's gonna have bedhead on both sides. Yeah, it is. 
It is like the most uh, WBCWE thing where it's like, well, we can't have her actually have bad No, head. if this is me, it's like, okay, hand me a paddle brush. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be here for roughly 10 minutes yeah. getting out the snarls. And you're just going to hear me going, ow, 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 ow. ow. <laughs> so Buffy mentions that... I got that like typical first step of moving mm-hmm. in together. Aww. She wants a drawer. <laughs> and Angel has the stereotypical guy face at this notion. Not for the same reasons, yeah. I don't think. Um, but it immediately sends her packing. Like, hey, you should go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you want a drawer? Go away. <laughs> and this uh, scene brings up the fact that he does not have a single mirror anywhere nope. in his home. No. Which is rude. Like, yeah. I, I do not drink wine. It makes me sick. I have wine glasses at, at my apartment. You do, cause, yeah. Because I uh, have things for guests. If guests come say, over. You often have wine for your guests. Yeah. Like, you should... Uh, I'm not saying you necessarily have to have a wine glass, but have a mirror. Because, you know, yeah. you have humans over. Humans need mirrors. I know you somehow... I don't use without. soap, but yeah. I, I provide soap to my guests. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm really bad at this keeping a straight face thing. Yeah, soap and toilet paper. I don't need those. <laughs> she just has one stick. There's lots of uses. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I'm picturing that. Um, you know that movie Along Came Polly? Vaguely, I remember it. Uh, the big scene in that is when Ben Stiller um, wipes his his self with um, this like decorative hand towel and then mm-hmm. tries to flush it. Oh, I vaguely remember okay, that. Okay, so I just have that one towel. <laughs> yeah. So what is Xander doing at the top of this scene? It's like an alien is wearing a Xander suit and doesn't quite understand what shirts are. He's just yeah. kind of pulling at okay, his like, own shirt. The start of this episode, just a lot of weirdness <laughs> going on. Going as on. if Yeah, like as if aliens had written the first five minutes of this episode. It's very odd. Um, he's just picking at, and granted, it is a weird shirt, yeah. but you should have known that and noticed it when you put he's it on He's not even adjusting the button. He's just, just picking, like, picking at, at it. At, like this weird frilly <laughs> stuff that's on it. Like that didn't just happen, What Xander. is this? Th- this is a shirt? Uh, Sherrod. Shart. I am going to human prom. (laughs) Uh, So Anya's there. She still hates men, but wants a date to the prom for some reason. Go stag, honey. Just go stag. She doesn't understand our uh, modern customs. I do like that Anya, although hundreds of years old, Mm -hmm. now that she's turned into a teenager, is like re-experiencing puberty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like the the kind of uh, thing they give of like she's taking on this persona. So it's like aspects of Mm -hmm. the identity she was using have incorporated into her. Yeah. So I think that's a cool thing for the character because otherwise it... A lot of her actions would make less sense. Yeah. I just, yeah. Just the idea that like she's in a human body. So this human body has mm-hmm. hormones. It's telling yeah. her, I want to go to this dance, yeah. but why? Yeah. Why should I want to go? And importantly, a human teenage body. Cause like if yeah. she had been like, you know, you know, 20 something, like she probably was when she, you know, turned or whatever uh, into a demon, then that would be different. But it's like, yeah. no, like I'm very much a teenager. Yeah. 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 And just the difference that because she's so brutally honest Mm -hmm. she's talking about the feelings that other students are probably Mm -hmm. having but would never say out loud like the idea that like i don't know why i desperately need to go to this dance but i desperately need to go to this dance yeah that would have been like so cool if they if i had met a girl like that in high school i feel like i would have immediately gone out with her (laughs) just like super honest it would be like that would be so nice it would have been refreshing it would have been yeah later xander admits to the gang that he can either go to the prom with anya 
Or the sock puppet of love. Okay. Okay. Is he supposed to be talking about masturbation? Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. That's a, just a little bit more blunt than Buffy usually gets about topics yeah. like masturbation. I and when mean, he, they, he starts talking it. to his hand. It's like senior onesis, the old bit from like the seventies. But was, that wasn't like a masturbation joke. It's it still is. It's both. Oh, it's st- it's supposed. To, I thought it was yeah. just like, okay. Because like there's, I forget who it was. There's some guy, and I think it was one of those weird things where it was like, it was the seventies. You don't have to have a real forum to do this weird thing that's somehow popular. But there was Senior Wences, which was like this guy basically painted his hand and he did a voice, and it's mostly known for the bit. It's all right, it's all right, it's yeah, all right, it's all right. yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was, it was referring to like jacking off though. It's not, but like he's like, it's the sock, but a little love, which is his hand. Right. And then Senior Wences is also his hand. So he's kind of combining the two. Okay. No, I, I got the, the Senior What's His Face yeah. reference. Um, This is the first time I've noticed, like, oh, dude, gross. Now I can't stop because you're talking about your wing wing, and I don't. Your wing wing? I don't need to picture that. Scientific term. <laughs> so back at the mansion, Angel walks out. In from the sunlight into more sunlight. <laughs> Mike's so happy right now. It's his favorite thing in the world. And, and I mean, this whole episode, lots of problems with Angel and Sunlight. Like the fact that in his, in his bedroom, he has curtains that can be opened directly onto where he sleeps that let in sunlight. Like that's a really dumb idea. What if like the curtain rod falls and you die? Yeah. Like... It's, it's happened not, to me the number of times I've been sleeping when the curtain rod has fallen onto the bed. Yeah. Like that like so together rod like, is what I'm saying. Like nail them to the wall. Make it more secure. I don't care if you like to go out onto the balcony at night. Like get over it. Move the bed or move the curtains. Like this is a thing that kills you. I just imagine if you're a person, it was like, oh, right outside my room for half the day, there's hot lava that'll pour into the room onto me. Yeah. Like, keep that door locked. Yeah. I've decided that I, I think the best place for me to keep my knife set is on a very rickety shelf above mm-hmm. my bed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's, there. like, earthquake quakes for, like, half the day. But I but, really, I just really want it there. Yeah, that's just the easiest place for me to yeah, have it. It's just not even easy. I just mm-hmm. want it. Oh, and also, anytime you shut the door, things fall off of that shelf. Yeah. So if anybody's coming in or out, that'll happen. Right. Okay. So what you're saying is also put my meat cleaver up there. Got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And if you have a uh, like an electric chainsaw that you can mm-hmm. plug in and just have running all night. Oh or, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Great. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hook at the bottom of it mm-hmm. and my fire axe oh, is good, just gonna good, be good, hanging good. off of that. Like a pendulum. Yeah, absolutely. Just like swinging back and forth. Do you have really thin twine? I do. Awesome. I maybe dental floss, I think. Absolutely. With the cinnamon very, kind. A cinnamon with a loose bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just more aesthetically pleasing. <laughs> Angel, you dumb. <laughs> so Joyce arrives and sees Angel's sex shackles. Like, I love it. It's such a bachelor. He doesn't clean up his sex shackles. He doesn't have mirrors. <laughs> he, has, he has kinky shackles. Just like, put a towel over it, bro. <laughs> Joyce isn't happy uh, about the sexual calls. <laughs> Why would she be? <laughs> or Buffy spending the night because of the sex shackles. And this is valid. She's a high schooler. She didn't make it home last night. Yeah. There are sex shackles. Yeah. He, he has been, within the last year, evil. Yes. 
Mostly she wants to remind Angel that although she had to grow up fast, Buffy's mm-hmm. still a child, you know, like less than a tenth of your age. Mm-hmm. Still just a girl. Joyce implies that as a young girl in love, Buffy won't make the hard choices when it comes to Angel. Choices like the last episode title. So he asked, uh, he has to make those choices if he truly loves her. Quality parenting. Mm-hmm. Quality. Yeah. Yeah, where it's not like, you're an asshole. Brr, brr, no. brr. It's Everything very, she's yeah. saying is correct. Mm-hmm. And she's not like being being a jerk about it, which no. I feel like is important. It's not, you didn't make it home last night, so you're grounded. Mm-hmm. That's not going to work, yeah. especially because she's a slayer. And it's like, I, she, I, I'm accepting the fact that she is different, mm-hmm. but at the same time, she's still a girl. Yeah. 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 And I do like that this sets up a, a thing. And I mean, you can, I guess you can see this a little bit earlier on. In the series, but it becomes a recurring thing that I think especially because every other aspect of her life is very difficult being the Slayer, Mm. that she is very, I think, willfully obtuse about problems in her romantic relationship. Sure. She doesn't want to think or question her relationships if they're in some way satisfying her, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is a really interesting character trait to give her. Yeah. It's like it's 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 definitely like a flaw, but it's a very understandable flaw. Yeah. That helps with the storyline. Yeah. A like a lot of girls go chasing drama. Like mm-hmm. even not, not saying like out like they know they're doing it, but yeah. like they're so doing it. Yeah. They um, always want to pick a fight about anything to like stir up things in a relationship. And yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas like Buffy's the app. She just wants like Mr. Nice, normal guy, yeah. vanilla, white mm-hmm. bread, just yeah. no problems. So that and I after I'm done dealing with all the drama the hell that can come home to mm-hmm. you and stable yeah and you can stare pum- at me while i sleep like a creeper sure everyone loves that no they don't <laughs> they don't can you imagine oh i'm trying to imagine me buffy and waking up and be like what the fuck yeah and like i'm so disoriented when i wake up anyways that like a couple uh, times chris has woke me up and be like hey hey i'm like what 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 day is it what year is it who am i <laughs> the year um <laughs> but that yeah, and there are ways to have it be like a sweet, like you have like a moment of like, oh, she's beautiful when she's sleeping. Yeah, like that's sure. a thing, but not like hunched over somebody staring. No, no, that no. is creepy. Yeah, no, there's there's a way to like lightly rub some type like, sweetie, mm-hmm. sweetie, yeah. time to get up. Yeah. Just, it's okay. Not like you're a cat about to pounce. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, that's bringing memories back of like when. You dated um, that cat. <laughs> Yeah, that oversized cat. What the hell was his problem? Uh, Well, you know, he was really a coward when he was with He-Man. He was called Cringer. Uh, Well, well, it's only when it was Adam. But then when he'd transform, he'd be like the war cat. That's, I think, was his main issue. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. This is bringing back memories of um, amends when uh, the first is convincing Angel to rape Buffy. Yeah. Like, um, baby, ease up on the creepo this yeah. season. You've reached your creepo quota. Yeah, like there's only so much creepy you can have a character have before. You're just I a st- bad guy. I, I stopped losing interest in you and like, no, I don't want you to be happy or get the girl. Like, I, I don't want to be rooting for you to break up with her. Yeah. What is this? The Netflix series Love? I have some feelings about that. I have so many things. Do you love love? I don't know. I think that's what it's going for. Okay. I I am like ninety percent <laughs> sure it's like it's at some level really trying to just fuck with you. 
but in like a way that I feel like is kind of smart. I don't know. It's Let's not, start a side podcast, okay. the Love Lovecast. Um which sounds real gross. Now I just say that out loud. Sure. The Lovecast. I really like the show. Mm-hmm. Um I hate Mickey is the girl's name. Oh, Gillian Jacobs. Yeah. I love the actress. The mm-hmm. character is a total train wreck. Oh yeah, yeah. Bad person. So we get to the uh the the evil um chupacabra sure back in the library the gang learns that the ascension refers to the mayor becoming a demon but Mm -hmm. which one (gasps) giles attempts to discourage the prom talk but butter reminds him hey we deserve a night of fun Mm -hmm. but they won't get it if that hellhound has anything to do with it oh which is obviously oz's cousin i called the chupacabra (laughs) he looks kind of like reptilian in ways but also hairy and he's like tiny it looks like someone shaved Oz. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like Oz was a pet and they haven't been treating him well. So some yeah. of his fur is falling off and yeah. he's like getting kind of, kind of antsy. And he's, he's all stressed out because mm-hmm. of the whole Clockwork Orange thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they're making him watch bum, 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 VHS tapes. Yep. Uh, I mean, at least it's not Betamax. They're not real monsters. <laughs> uh, Buffy and Angel are getting married in a straight up cathedral. I have a feeling this might be a dream. <laughs> Maybe. Um, first off, never really pictured Buffy as like a cathedral w- wedding person. I feel like dream Im- imagery that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was never this girl. I never fantasized about my wedding. Um, never burst into flames. Never did that. I didn't fantasize about wedding literally uh, until Chris proposed. Aww, like I never thought so about it until he proposed. Um, and even like, f- you know, at first you're just like on the high of like, mm-hmm. yay engaged yay and then like six hours later the second you tell someone they're asking you like what's the date what's the dress look like where are you getting married Uh, what are you doing for the flowers and you're like do you think i was pre-planning this they do they that's what they think and you're like like oh my god this happened like 48 hours ago i don't know i'll let you know immediately stressed out i've been engaged for 48 hours you know people always make your wedding like the person's wedding about them it's like can't they have this this one thing can it not be about you yeah. That's it. Always bugs me. Um, so fun fact about the wedding scene. Yep. The wedding dress that she wears is designed by Vera Wang. Oh, really? And so was Sarah Michelle Gellar's actual wedding dress when she got married to Freddie Prince Jr. Yay. Yeah. They look, the both of these guys look so good in this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the the dress is a really good dress for her. Mm-hmm. I like the off the shoulders bit. Yeah. He looks great in a tux. Like, mm-hmm. they, this is, yeah, this is they, a good look. They, they it works. As they leave the church, Buffy doesn't seem to notice that they're heading straight into bright-ass sunlight. Mm-hmm. But Angel sure does. Uh, he looks... But he's, he's too polite to say, still, like, yeah. hey, I'm going to burst into flames. Uh, Maybe? I don't know. The rules are kind of flimsy. I don't really know. Instead of Angel catching fire, Buffy does. So what you're saying is, this girl is on fire! That yeah, okay. she is. <laughs> Uh, so it turns out this is Angel's dream. I like that mm-hmm. twist. You yeah, know, even watching this be. time, I thought it was Buffy's until yeah. she cut fire. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Angel's fantasizing about his wedding to Buffy. That's Aww. cute. And it would make more sense for Angel to dream at Cathedral because he's oh, all into like gothic sad things. Sure. Also, he's Irish. And aren't they like all? Well, no, they're they're half Catholic. Half of them are Catholic. Grizzly, that's kind of a big deal. Controversy. Half of them are Catholic, half of them are not. It's a big thing. It's the most controversial episode of Sunnydale Stacks ever. <laughs> Doing one of those like horrible promos when Buffy was first on, it's like, only one person is going to leave this prom alive. It's like, did you even watch the episode? In a world. Yeah. 
but it's like this weird teenage version of that voice where it's yeah. like and it just always <laughs> sounds like just the grossest guy who couldn't make it as a, a radio personality. Yeah. Just like, now I'm going to do this weird voice. Any announcer voice is always ruined for me once I see the person because mm. it never, I don't know why, it suddenly makes it weird. It's making yeah. me think about it. It makes me go in from this voice that seems perfectly natural and obviously supposed to mm-hmm. be the exact right voice for this show or whatever. Yeah. And then once you see that person, you're like, now it sounds weird. Yeah. Sounds different now. That's why I think it's weird to, um, if you like had listened to something on the radio, I've had this with a couple of things, especially on like NPR, and then you switch to the podcast version, or for some reason, like the way you're listening to podcasts change, and you now get a visual mm-hmm. of people that you'd only heard before, mm-hmm. and it's not what you thought it was. It's it's very disconcerting, yeah. and especially in a podcast where that could be the picture you see every time, and every time you get a little like, uh, uh, <laughs> just, that doesn't connect. So I think this is a nice metaphor. Buffy is so focused on her fantasy of living happily ever after. She doesn't mm-hmm. see the challenges ahead and it may destroy her. Uh, it's super Buffy. appropriate. Yeah. Later, Buffy and Angel follow a vamp into the sewer where they break up. Oh, and I love, I, I love the little bit before like the really heart wrenching stuff where they're just like, they immediately kill a vampire, and it's like we can't talk about this now. We can't deal with this now. Let's let's we have to talk. Yeah, uh, I do think that's a really cool way to like get into it. Where, and I, I think that is almost kind of a nice meta statement about the show. It's like, yeah, we have this vampire stuff, but once there's really some strong emotional stuff, we have to kind of put this aside. Yeah, and that's kind of this whole episode. It's like there is like that the quotient of you have a monster of the week type thing, but it's really like let's get this aside and deal with the real stuff while you're really here. Right. Uh, Angel feels that dating Buffy is unfair to her. She Mm. deserves someone who can give her a family and sunlight and sex. Mm. All super important stuff. Yeah. Maybe not the sunlight, you know, skin cancer, not a thing. But sex, family, those are important parts of a romantic relationship. Angel's leaving town to spare Buffy from having to see him. He'll do that once the ascension is over. Mm-hmm. I really think this was the only successful way for the show to do this. Yeah. To break them up in a way where we feel sad. Mm-hmm. But I'm not... At this point, I wasn't bawling. I wasn't, yeah. like, crying into my pillow. It was like, I get it. This, they've set up it's the right thing He's being so smart. Yeah. Like, he's... Of course yeah. this is killing Buffy. Of course it's going mm-hmm. to, but he has to do this. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's really, really clever. Um, there's some great lines in this where she, like, is, you know feeling very hurt and kind of open and she just kind of lashes back by saying like your heart isn't even beating yeah like that's um in this very unreal scenario that's exactly the kind of thing you would say oh yeah you're gonna push buttons Mm -hmm. because you're mad Mm -hmm. my feelings about the two of them never change for the rest of this series they are soulmates Mm -hmm. he's a love of her life but they just can't be together Mm mm-hmm um, I think this scene perfectly sets yeah. that up. And I love how um, they're always kind of like there for each other if mm-hmm. they need it, but they they do get that understanding of like we can't be together. Yeah, yeah, and that's really sweet. And then I just think this is the, the best way to like encapsulate this whole scene is just the really great combination of lines. I want my life to be with you. I don't. That's just that's just beautifully simple writing. Where it's just, yeah, I, I don't. 
because that's not what's best. Yeah. Oh, and I do, on a lighter note, have a uh, longer version of one of these lines. Okay. Um, it's uh, uh, Angel. He says, I'm leaving for a spinoff. It'll start out kind of rocky, but eventually uh, it finds its feet after a couple seasons. Uh, it adds some supporting characters, uh, played by Jago Richards and Amy Acker, and it kind of widens the scope until it becomes really fantastic in the last season. I, I understand why they cut that. I it get, seems I a mean, little meta. Sure. And yeah. I mean, it's just time consuming. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure they, they had to get to the commercial break. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you don't want to cut too much of the Hellhound stuff because it's already kind of lean already. That stuff's so important and vital and I mm-hmm. care about it so much. <laughs> I feel like I know something you're going to say at the closing of this episode. <sighs> Remember when I said I like puppies? <laughs> An exception? <laughs> yeah. There's an asterisk there. Uh, so later, Buffy confides in Willow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both agree he's right. Yeah. At the moment, Buffy is broken. Mm-hmm. And this is so well done. Yeah. I mean, I just love Willow here. I want a Willow. Mm-hmm. Like, someone who's so heartbroken for you is taking care of you. Yeah, it's like, a lot of times watching Buffy, it's like, I want Willow to be my best friend. I want Jazz to be my dad. And everything yes. will be fine. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want in life. Yeah. Yes, please. Thank yeah. you. But I do like how she also has the natural, like, best friend inclination of, like, blame the other person. Like, uh, you know, call him a big, fat, dumb jerk person. Yeah. And, like, that, that's a very sweet, natural urge to, like, defend your friend and, like, mm-hmm. attack the... I feel the the best way that they do that is later in the fifth mm-hmm. season when Riley shows up with his wife. Ugh. And, but, like, in her scene, like, I'm prepared to hate this woman horribly. Like, oh, yeah. I can't do that. It's shallow. No, you can't. But I, as the best friend, can. <laughs> Let me do this for you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I want a Willow. I want a Willow and a Leslie Nope, and I'm just be good for life. Oh, God. Yeah. That would be... I mean, that would be a little intense, having th- both of them as friends. That's going to be the best. I'm going to be the most successful, well-adjusted person. I mean, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. So, a uh, super important moment, but... Then we cut to the hellhound escaping, and I don't care. <laughs> I just don't. I don't want to hear about it. I don't care. But this um, uh, sets up uh, Tucker, that classic character. But this this thing does not look like a threat. It really, really doesn't. Especially when you see how flimsy that cage is. Yeah, either one of us could easily break out of that yeah, cage. No, this is this is a hairy teenager that was like. Mm-hmm. In a plastic cage, and like, whoops, like, oh, yeah. I do, he's fine. He's gonna nibble. Everyone's on you. fine. Don't yeah. worry about it. Later, Xander runs into Cordy at the dress shop. Turns mm-hmm. out she's working because uh, her IRS dodging daddy <gasps> is Baruch. Dun dun dun. She has no home and no tuition money. Enter a hellhound who <laughs> uh, is about to go for Xander and then decides to attack a guy in a tux. I mean, that is. It is kind of a smart bit that it's they specifically trained to uh, attack people at the prom. Like that's that's a clever bit that it's it's a monster like that they designed the person trained specifically to attack people at the prom. I feel like if they had done more with that, it would have been cooler. Or if the it didn't look like a rat. I mean, that's a, the thing looks like a rat. The guy training them is this wussy little kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you don't want too big a monster of the week because you're dealing with so yeah. much bigger things in this episode. I would have been fine just dealing with the bigger things. Mm-hmm. I didn't need a big bad this week. Yeah. That's fine. It, and, and have it all kind of be, like, peripheral. Or even have it be, like, 
they almost make you think whatever the vampires that they're going to hunt in the sewer is going to be like the big bad of the week. Yeah. The the monster of the week. And then have them, when they start getting into the fight, do that same thing of like, they kill this guy who's supposed to be really big and bad and tough. Sure. Really quickly. Kind of an Indiana Jones style thing where it's, you know, he's doing the sword thing and then just shoots yeah. him. A similar thing along those lines. That's uh makes that bit even funnier. Sure. And then you have the rest of the episode to deal with the uh the character stuff. Yeah. Or just how you don't even have it need to be a thing specific to this episode. Mm-hmm. Just have you know some background mayor and faith stuff. They're figuring mm-hmm. out the ascension, and that's it. I don't yeah. need a big showdown. Yeah. Angel yeah, and I mean, Buffy is the big showdown. I kind of understand because I feel like any genre show does feel like a natural obligation. To have some kind of like monster action every week. And I, and well, sometimes I feel like that can kind of hamper a show. I understand it. And like some people, that's a really big part of why they like the show. And they'd feel kind of like upset if that didn't happen. Like if, you know, there was a, uh, uh, you know, uh, an episode of iZombie where she doesn't eat a brain and get a personality, people might get upset. Yeah. Even if like, you know, you you can tell a good story without it, but it is kind of part of the hook of it. So I understand. Yeah. But I do agree it could have been done a lot better. In the library, the gang examines the security tape. <laughs> Xander covers for Cordy's secret. Which is good. I th- yeah, think it's well uh, done yeah. and Cordy's reaction is good. It's a real like subtle way that you know, Xander is a, a, a decently nice guy. The footage captures Tucker Wells creeping nearby. Bum, bum, bum. Not him. Willow hacks his email, and they deduce that he's trained this hellhound to attack people in formal wear on prom night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get he's making the, the hellhounds watch prom videos, mm-hmm. but wouldn't you also need to, like, be hurting the hellhounds so they have a negative association? I think just like the being locked up and being forced to watch them is supposed to be that. All right. But yeah, it would have been a little, and I get probably like budget reasons and that and like logistics of like, what would the kid do? But yeah, like a little bit more of like showing the, the animal really being tortured to hate these things. I don't even, I'm bored. I don't even care. I don't, I really don't care about this. Subplot. Subplot. I I don't, I, I mean like, you're just wasting time. I care about Buffy and Angel. I care about their prom. No. Oh my god! Cut out everything with the Hellhounds. They suck. <laughs> uh, so the gang mokes for about five seconds about the ruined dance mm-hmm. before Buffy vows to kill their whole planet to preserve prom. Whatever. She goes to the butcher to find out who's been ordering brains to feed the Hellhound mm-hmm. and gets an address. She sees Angel buying his blood. She's cold. Doesn't want to feel feelings him being around isn't him or him like trying to help doesn't actually help her be like i don't care about you i I mean i think that's good yeah yeah that's it's pretty solid although every time i see like in i think you only see a couple times with angel and spike i was just imagining the conversation of like yeah i'm going to my blood guy (laughs) (laughs) there at the butcher i just always seems like a funny thing of like so illicit but i feel like you could could pretty or easily think, order yeah. from a butcher like because there are like baking things that no there's a, there are yeah. recipes that straight up call for blood so yeah. you could just go to a butcher and be like i will take a quart of blood please thank you yeah i mean maybe not say it quite as robotically that's a little suspicious <laughs> sure. maybe butchers all are all only open when the sun's out and angel's like well shit i guess this guy making be a that up. I'm, butcher i'm making that up. people gotta go after work it's fine yeah uh, Cordy never finished paying off her dress, but someone took care of it for her. 
Uh, mm. Was it Jesus? It was Jesus. <laughs> she prayed. Yep. Uh, it was a really weird subplot. Not set up very well. <laughs> Buffy forces the rest of the gang to go get ready for the dance while mm-hmm. she vanquishes the hellhound. I do feel like they missed out on an opportunity, especially since part of the thing is that she has to distract them of her being in like, I think it could have been, they could have done something fun with it of like either being in like a very over the top prom dress or like maybe even a tuxedo to get their attention. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting. And and being like super promy in some way, in a comedic way to get their attention would have been cool. And then she changes into her actual cool prom dress. No, no, I absolutely agree. Like, yeah, yeah that that is actually a really funny idea and yeah. probably would have made the episode way more interesting. Yeah, yeah, where it's like there's there's a little bit more payoff to the whole, like, they're trained to attack the prom more than just, like, then they try to attack the prom. Yeah, like, oh, are you going to go after someone in, like, the pretty formal dress mm-hmm. or, like, the really ornate 80s prom dress? Yeah, Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. You're going to go for the, the teen witch every time. At the prom, Anya's sickening Xander with her tales of vengeance on men. Yeah. Cordy shows up looking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I was not, when I saw this on the rack, I was like, who gives a shit about that dress? But she, I mean, she's, she's got uh, uh, some of the episodes in the season aside. She's got some good taste when it really comes down to it. If she really needs to pick out a dress, she knows what she's doing. I mean, she could, I mean, she could wear a burlap sack. The girl, the woman is just gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and Willow looks great. Even with those weird little hair clip things. No, I love it. Out of a lot of women, especially that's why I like, I feel like, Prime pictures, a lot of times I'm like, oh, everyone looks horrible. Because that look does not look great on everybody. It's okay. kind of super weird little clips. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, it is a very 90s thing, so yeah. I, I think it's appropriate. She, oh, no, she looks amazing here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan has a date. Aww. Jonathan's there with a date. That makes me happy. Yeah. At this point. The- Logistics aside, where it's like, it's a little weird that he'd still be going to school, sure. let alone the same school where he brought a gun to kill himself. It's a- but yeah. like I, I can forgive it. That's okay. Especially since this that episode didn't air when this first aired. Sure. So yeah. Then it would have been almost weird that he yeah. wasn't there. This is the point at which like I went from being like, I hate this episode and hellhounds are stupid. Mm-hmm. And well, hellhounds are all, not all dead now. But all, this is the point. It, it just melted my icy heart. I was like, Aww. oh, feelings. I'm <laughs> feeling feelings. Meanwhile, Buffy finds Tucker in his basement with the dogs. Uh, they're watching prom movies because Tucker asked a girl and she said no. I literally forget about this scene every time I watch the episode. So like, and I know there's a whole thing where later on season six, um, Andrew comes up and it was originally supposed to be Tucker. Um, but for whatever reason, they couldn't get him or mm. um, whatever. Uh, and I kind of feel like I wouldn't have noticed because it oh, like I don't care. this character makes so little of an impact in this one episode. Yeah. Nothing against the actor; like, he doesn't have anything to do. How could he make an impact? That specifically, like at least the Hellhounds, like it's a slightly different creature design. So I kind of remember it. I don't remember mm. Tucker at all. Yep. I like this scene. I almost forgot about it in my notes. Yeah. Like oh yeah, that I guess that scene happens. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> uh, it turns out there's multiple Hellhounds. Buffy has to stop three mm-hmm. on their way to the high school. Takes that one with the crossbow, stabs another, snaps the third's neck, bing, bang, boom, get him out of the way so we can get back to the stuff we care about. At least it's like kind of cool deaths. It's sure, not just staking. I don't care. I, I just, they're so dumb. Buffy goes to the prom in another amazing dress. Yep. This is so great. <laughs> Class awards. Uh, this were, would not be effective if it were given by anyone but Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, yeah, because like, there's nobody else in the school that's like not her friend that is an established character, really. Yeah. That it would make sense. Like, yeah, there's like maybe a couple of teachers we've seen in an episode or two. That would be weird. Snyder, it would be insane. Yeah, would be like he wouldn't come around that for much. That, yeah, uh, for that character. But yeah, it's it's super effective. And also on the meta level where it's like it's its own kind of special reward. Like if you've been watching since the beginning, it's a character that is like suddenly grown over yeah. the seasons. So it's like actually a character that's not just, oh, that's the guy that's named Jonathan. It's like this is a character and he's grown with the series and he's like had experiences that kind of could mirror your own. You kind of feel like in some way you're the Jonathan because you're the one that's been watching on the sidelines as Buffy has done this. And maybe you're giving her that little umbrella. It definitely means, you know, Mm -hmm. especially more from him. So I'm going to read his speech. This is actually a new category. First time ever. I guess there were a lot of write-in ballots. And, um, well, the prom committee asked me to read this. We're not good friends. Most of us never found the time to get to know you. But that doesn't mean we haven't noticed you. We don't talk about it much. But it's no secret that Sunnydale High isn't really like any other high school. A lot of weird stuff happens here. Zombies! Iron of people! Snyder! (laughs) (laughs) But whenever there was a problem or something creepy happened, you seemed to show up and stop it. Most of the people here have been saved by you or helped by you at one time or another. We're proud to say that the class of 99 has the lowest mortality rate of any graduating class in Sunnydale history, and we know at least part of that is because of you. So the senior class offers its thanks and gives you this. It's from all of us, and it has written here, Buffy Summers, class protector. Oh, I cried so fucking hard at this. <laughs> you don't understand. Like, yeah. bawling. I get goosebumps, but yeah. I went from, I hate this episode, this is dumb, mm-hmm. why am I watching yeah. this? Fuck this podcast. <laughs> like, I was just like, <laughs> I hate the world. <laughs> to, like, Never gonna watch Buffy again. Yeah, to like, just like child like crying mm-hmm. tears streaming down my face <laughs> um this is great i mean they they give her the glittery parasol and like Aww. it she goes from feeling invisible and unappreciated and just kind of beaten down by this calling yeah. to seeing that like these people that you thought mm-hmm. not only i mean not even didn't dislike you but didn't give a shit about yeah. you they saw the whole they saw all of it and they yeah. they loved you for it yeah and it's a nice reflection of how she was had that that kind of realization in earshot that and it's true for most people in high school that like they're probably not thinking about you at all but you know sometimes people are thinking about you especially yeah. if you do good things and are yeah. a good person um or specifically a slayer um but yeah it's 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 a very sweet moment and i feel like it could have been done a lot more sappily or could have felt unearned but they do a good job definitely really especially make it feel earned her earlier scene with angel she's like I, i'm over the whole buffy gets one perfect high school moment this yeah. is it this mm-hmm. is her perfect high school moment <laughs> and she got a toy surprise <laughs> little umbrella <laughs> wes asked for permission to date cordy oh have nice. at it would you and stop fluttering about <laughs> And I, uh, the, I, I meant to write down the exact words, but it's um, like it says something about like flitter about like a like a buttered scone. Uh, just, and now I kind of want to call Wesley Scone Boy. Sure. Do scone that. Boy? That's fine. Okay. Scone Boy. He's Scone Boy That's from canon now. Yep. Anya likes dancing with Xander. Oh, so cute. Just, this just, isn't horrible. It's not, it's not the worst thing. Yeah. 
Oh. Which again brings me back to the show Love. One of my favorite lines in that show is the um I usually hate people and I don't hate you. Yeah. Which I feel like I definitely know people where that like that is a very strong recommendation. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Angel shows up in a tux. Oh, and <laughs> even before that, like you already get a little primed because um it's every now and then people will surprise you. And then Giles, in his Gilesy way, just goes every now and then, kinda like sets her up to like be yeah. teed off by Angel and his tux. And it's, I mean, it's, they, they, you know, they're not getting back together, mm-hmm. but it's just like you said, throughout yeah. the rest of the series, he'll be there for her mm-hmm. as no one else can be. And I love how they're both kind of sweet in their own way where it's like, they both understand it and they're both, I don't want to say polite, but they both kind of understand it in a, in a way that's, that's very sensitive to each other. That I think is it really shows like how deeply they care for each other. Because yeah. it could get awkward. There could be, you know, something said a little more passive aggressively, but they both kind of almost instinctually like understand, like, okay, we know what this is and we acknowledge it. And yeah. let's just have this moment. I have to say, sadly, I can never fully appreciate this last bit because of the song choice. Not that it's a mm. bad song. It's the cover of Wild Horses, but I believe it's the band Sunday. Okay. But because I literally can never hear the song without thinking of Mark Wahlberg finger-banging Reese Witherspoon on a roller coaster. What? 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 It's in the movie Fear. This song is playing. Oh, I've never seen that. And that is perhaps one of the, the best scenes of the film, where it's like it shows like they're in their young love phase, because the whole thing is one of those weird 90s thrillers where it really preyed on weird middle-class white fears, like single white female. Sure. Um, or Pacific Heights. But uh, there's a scene where... Early on, they're, like, in love, and the whole thing is he's kind of a bad boy, but she's attracted to him. But then he's like, no, he's really, like, a murder boy. Yeah, like, this um, isn't like a, he's I like, wear a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and their their big, like, uh, kind of uh, romantic scene is they go on a roller coaster together after, you know, hanging out at the carnival. And that's what happens on that roller coaster. So he puts his hand up her skirt, and that song blasts full blare. Is it supposed to be like a nice romantic moment? Like romantic, but also in kind of like that skeezy teenage way where okay. finger banging is romantic. It's like it's kind of a romantic song. So I'm like, it, that's, yeah. if it's not a nice moment, that's a weird choice. No, I mean, like, it's a nice moment. Like, she's enjoying it. It's not like, okay. what is happening? It's like, she's like, oh, this is this is cool. And he's obviously enjoying it because he's Marky sure. Mark. Uh, Marky Mark, I hope you don't listen to this and beat me up. But, uh, so yeah, like, I, I can't really take it seriously in another context. Okay. So, this being the song that Angel and Buffy dance to, I just can't not think of that other scene. And, Yeah. So it's just an association, personally. It's not a bad song choice, because I bet a lot of people had not seen Fear when this came out. You would not, have not seen it. No. I do recommend it. It is a batshit crazy movie. but uh, And that's just one of many scenes. But yeah, so I, I can't not think of that. So what's the lesson in the prom? I mean, don't... Don't use Hell Hunts. Yeah, don't. Just don't, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I guess... If you love someone, let them free. I got, I got nothing. I really, I have such mixed emotions on this episode mm-hmm. because it makes me feel such strong feelings on opposite spectrums yeah. of like, oh my God, 
Buffy and Angel super important moment mm-hmm. and I'm crying so hard and class protector and yay yeah. for Buffy and then fuck everything else. Just everything else. Well, I mean, it has interesting stuff for the other characters. Just It's really just the <sighs> hellhounds is the stuff that... They, they drag work. everything down. Yeah. That's just it. The other yeah. stuff in there that's just kind of neat or whatever. Well, that is appropriate because that's what hellhounds do. They drag everything to hell. You, 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 so maybe it's sure. a real meta comment yes. about how like... It's almost a criticism of the show itself. This is like a Darren Morgan level critique of the show where in the show, it's an episode where it's like, hey, we're going to have a really shitty monster element that tears down the emotional core of the show. That they do. Success. Probably just they uh, were kind of lazy on the monster bit this week. I think they were just like, literally like, we, we what idea do we have? We're like... Mm-hmm. We can solve it in five minutes because we got such yeah. bigger fish to fry yeah. in this episode. We can relate it to the problem yeah. vaguely. I'm going to be honest. This is one that I will, I can't say advise, but if a new fan wants to skip the problem, be like, yeah, great. Class protector, angel leaving. Yeah, just watch like the last you know, the 10 minutes, maybe. Fine. Like from the, if you have like, if you're watching on DVD, first of all, uh, congratulations. You're still in a uh, 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 physical media. Um, like skip Sometimes to the, the internet goes out. Yeah. It's nice to have DVDs. Divdas, as I call them. Um, <laughs> I just like, got an email from our internet provider that, um, before Warren, the internet will be spotty for the next few weeks because of solar flares. Seems like you should have prepared for that. <laughs> just saying. I'm going to need to break out my DVDs. Did they also warn you, like, oh, by the way, you might be able to talk uh, in a CB radio to Dennis Quaid? <laughs> awesome. Great. I have so many questions. I think it was Dennis Quaid. Anybody who's a bigger fan of the movie Frequency than I, please uh, write in and correct me if I am wrong. I've definitely seen it, but yeah. fan is a strong word. There's not frequency heads out there? <laughs> any any frequency heads out there? Let us know. <laughs> let us know on our CB radios. So I do have one weird fact about this episode. It is contained on one of the, you know, when they first released things, especially back in early 2000s, late 90s, they a lot of times do like collections instead of just releasing every single season. Right. So this was included on, guess whose collection? Wesley's? Nope. I'll give you five more guesses and you'll probably not get it. Angels. Nope. Cordy's. Yes. Okay. Cordy's. That's weird, right? I mean, this is, I will say, like, when you said, like, there are some other good moments, my first thought was the Cordy Angel subplot. Or, excuse me, Cordy Xander I was like, whoa, I really missed out on a, a subplot. That was the season one thing. Um, like, that's just, I would not think of this as a Cordy episode. Well, but this is a huge moment. This is the whole reason we learned that she goes to L.A. and Angel. I guess, but... It just I would I would say this is more important for her than the than the season finale. It's like this is it for her. This is where we find out she's leaving. I guess, but it also just it it feels like they needed a spot to fill. Like they just sure. didn't have enough Cordy centric episodes. So like this one has a moment that Cordy is kind of important in the episode. It's not one of the episodes it's where she just walks dress, by though. and says God something. Damn, does she, she look good in that this dress? Probably, it's just like, she looks really good in that dress, guys. Let's put it on, like the, just, on the just collection. Just freeze frame for 40 minutes and we're going to stare and be like, wow, girl <laughs> is rocking that dress. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of rocking, let's go to something that does not rock this week. Let's oh, go. no. International. Buffy Tapaja, Vampirite. Ernie Dragon, Das Rhine Fleisch Canoe. International. 
Sorry, guys. I tried to like look even beyond my normal sources to try to find maybe there's like a Lithuanian title that's better. It's really the titles. Can we make up like, like? I think we should. Okay. We should make up other titles because okay for prom literally the t- the international titles I could find were French and German, the Hellhounds and the Hellhound. <laughs> boring. In choices e- even more boring. They're both the same. The title that's different is the Box of Gavrock. Okay. No. Okay. Yeah. Wait. We're gonna do this. Yes. We're gonna okay. do this. Ready? Let's do choices because that comes first. Okay. Choices. Okay. So what do we got in choices? We've got Willow being kidnapped. Mm-hmm. We got Faith and her knife and the okay. box of Gavrock and the evil mm-hmm. spiders. Oh, uh, college. They want to go to college. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go for the uh, Czech title. Uh, is admissions box. Oh, I was gonna do the same thing. <laughs> okay, hold on, wait, I'm gonna think of another one. <laughs> That's so funny. Because <laughs> I'm just going to completely make this up out of whole cloth. Um, that, <laughs> sure. That's a thing in, in yeah. like, uh, uh, Czech Republic or back in the Czech, the Czechoslovakia. Um, that that they just would put admissions into the admissions box. You've been accepted to the Ascension. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've been ascensioned uh, uh uh okay so for for university prom. of the damned no i don't know uh for prom do you have a prom an alternate mm. title bloody taffeta <laughs> oh god <laughs> that sounds like you had a baby at prom <laughs> yeah yeah very different episode guys yeah we got prom um, you got the hellhounds you got um uh uh angel in a sewer uh oh uh, here, here's this is um uh, a special treat for um south american listeners uh so specifically uh on the dvd box set that was released uh for people uh into capoeira dance fight because <laughs> there's a dance and there's some fighting okay dance fight. dance fight and also in that weird way where a lot of times titles like don't really reflect what happens in the episode because they don't fight at the dance the fight near the dance. I'm trying to think of something of like, like when a guy's an asshole, asshole, you might call him a hound. And then you've got hellhounds. There's something there. <laughs> you ain't nothing but a hellhound. I was actually thinking that too, but I was like, I'm trying not to do Elvis. <laughs> That's my favorite. We're going to go with yeah, that. You yeah. ain't nothing but a hellhound. Let's just say that was the alternate British title because they don't have prom there. <laughs> any british listeners feel free to correct us about all of these titles by the way they're all probably very offensive <laughs> going killer cotillion <laughs> <laughs> imagine it's the french title yeah i just like alliteration <laughs> now it's time to celebrate buffy's badassery with this week's slay of the week I mean, it's Willow floating the pencil. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Willow floating yeah. the pencil. Yeah. Secret World Alex Matkill every time. And every especially time. because I obviously forgot about this earlier when mm-hmm. she first floated the pencil. I was like, oh, why does she use this about against Sam? She does. Yeah. I just didn't remember. Yeah. And this is so great. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, there's some cool fights and stuff, but there's no like other death that's like nearly as memorable or. This makes me stand up and cheer like, yeah. Yeah. yeah take him down, Willow. <laughs> 
That is a great episode for Willow choices, even though she's it not is. like the like lead in it. She just got some great moments. She does. She really. Yeah. Um, she's not your typical damsel in distress, mm-hmm. like, especially because she has the opportunity to run away. Yeah. That's what makes me think she's not a damsel. She has the opportunity mm-hmm. to run away and yeah. chooses instead to save the town as a whole. So yeah, that to her try being, to do something to help. Right. So her being help a hostage and them using her as leverage to get this box of Gavrock, it, it doesn't ultimately hurt the gang. And I like how I feel like if you were being lazier with your writing, you would have used that as a direct thing. You know, something I realized when I was being held by the mayor was that... I like helping people more than blah, 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 sure. blah, blah. yeah. And it's like, no, that's just a subtle thing that like you can reflect back on and realize like, oh, this is something that she's probably been coming to uh, articulate. And this is an example of why. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks. To ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Subscribe on iTunes and your favorite podcast app. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off Graduation Day, Parts 1 and 2. And wild horses couldn't take me away. When we get lost. <laughs> oh, that's exactly the reaction I wanted. In the side of the stacks. <laughs> Finger bang. <laughs>